Hey everyone, welcome to the How They Made It podcast, a show that's dedicated to helping you make it in the world of fabrication. I'm your host, Jeremy Cross, and this episode, like all episodes, is brought to you by Sawblade.com. No middleman, no markup, no problem. Sawblade.com, go direct. Today I am joined by Ben Butler. Ben is a woodworker slash leather worker slash jack of all trades based in Boise, Idaho. He is the founder of Butler Built, and you can follow him on Instagram at butlerbuilt.us. Ben, man, how's it going? How you been? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Fantastic, fantastic. It's uh, it's yeah. it's good to see you again, man. Yeah, good to see you. It's been a while. It was uh, what uh, several months back that you were up here in Boise. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think it was like maybe Oct- October, November, something like. That. It feels like I mean years yeah. ago. The way that uh, yeah, this this year is gone for sure. It's <laughs> yeah, COVID makes time fly and stand still at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, well, for everybody that uh, that kind of doesn't know your your backstory, first off, they should go check out your your Makers episode ten, which is absolutely yeah. awesome. Uh, one of my one of my favorites for sure. Makers.sawblade.com for everybody out there. But for for anybody who hasn't uh, who hasn't had the chance to uh, to see that yet, um, kind of give them like a like a rundown, kind of like your your backstory. Yeah, I I'm here in Boise, Idaho now. Grew up back in Pennsylvania. Uh, in the in the woods, basically, uh, grew up on 50 acres of reclaimed strip mine, which was kind of cool. And uh, yeah, kind of way back in the day, started uh, with a step stepdad that could build anything. You know, just kind of uh, jack of all trades. Whether it was plumbing, electrical, carpentry, you name it. Uh, there was never a repairman at our house in the woods. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Kind of carried that throughout my life. I guess I um, worked for contractors through high school and college. And then as I sort of matured and grew up, uh, if you could call it that, um, you know, I uh, started collecting tools. And then uh, when we bought the house that we're in now, I had a detached garage and made a deal with my wife that I could turn it into a workshop if I'd start her car every day. So I, I start her car every day and... Uh, Get into sort of all things out here, anything from 3D printing to CNC work, woodwork, uh, fine furniture, cabinetry, shop furniture, you name it. We'll kind of yeah. dive into it. <laughs> yeah, man, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I love your uh, I love your shop, man. So so yeah. you have actually had a uh, a pretty big change, I guess, in the the last uh, six yeah. months, uh, like starting your own business. How how is uh, how has that gone? It's been go- it's been going really well, you know. Um, I have had Crohn's disease since I was in high school, and sort of battled with that throughout my life. Uh, it comes and goes as it pleases. It's never a very welcome guest when it comes, but <laughs> we deal with it. And so back in uh, I guess just that, uh, about a month or so after you left here, uh, ended up. Uh, we were back visiting family back in Pennsylvania and ended up in the hospital, had some surgery and uh, went through the ringer there and came out the other side with a new perspective and uh, a new career aspiration, I guess you might say. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I, I started my Instagram profile. I, initially, it was Benjamin Butler Company. And then as part of all this rebirth, I guess, if you will, uh, rebranded to Butler Built and and the domain name butlerbuilt.us. Um, 
but I started all this stuff seriously about four, maybe five years ago. I've always made stuff for the house and built furniture for our house. And we added a second story to our house and did most of that work. And just, you know, always with a focus on um, stuff for us. And one day I said to my wife, I said, you know, I'd like to keep building stuff, but I, I don't want to just build stuff we don't need. You know, I'm not going to pay all this money for materials to build something that we're not going to use. Um, and she said, well, why don't you start, uh, you know, taking customers on? She said, build stuff for them. They'll buy the materials and you can keep building. So, yeah. so I started dabbling there. And, uh, you know, I remember I put my first just little ad on the Facebook marketplace. And I remember that night where my phone just kept blowing up and I'm like, wow, this is insane. People do want me to build stuff, you know? <laughs> um, and so from there, I just, I, you know, I sort of dabbled. The, the market here in Boise is really kind of fascinating to me. When I first came to Boise in... Oh, 2002, 2003, uh, it was still a really small town. And I would even call it a town back then. You know, there was 85,000 people in Boise proper. Today, uh, or, you know, back then in the whole valley, as we call it, uh, there was maybe 100,000 people. Today, there's over half a million people in the valley, wow. you know, and most of that growth has happened in the past five years. So with that comes, uh, you know, new homes, new construction, uh, new folks who would like custom furniture and cabinets and all that stuff. So really started riding that wave. And then, um, you know, when I got back here in Boise in, in January, this, this January 2022, um, after having surgery and everything else, uh, you know, uh, going through challenges uh, with all of that, ended up sort of leaving my former career behind and deciding, I think we're going to try this. We're going to try to go out on our own and take this seriously for a change. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been kind of doing that. And then uh, kind of serendipitous timing. Also, uh, my leather work stuff started picking up a little bit. So started making custom aprons for uh, knife makers and makers in general and so that's been starting to pick up and, uh, yeah, doing woodwork commissions. So, yeah, I kind of I laugh because my, uh, my friend's son was over to build his Pinewood Derby car about two, three weeks ago. And he's just like three, four-year-old kid. He's actually my godson. And he said, do you just collect tools or, <laughs> or do you just have them in here? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was laughing. I said, well, believe it or not, Quinn, I use every one of these tools. He's like, I can't believe that. <laughs> That's so bad. I, I can imagine my wife feels that same way about camera equipment in my office. Right? She's like, you, yeah. you, don't you have enough by now? Can't you make one? Yeah. Well, man, you know, one of the quotes that I think about all the time that you said is, um, you know, something to the effect of like, um, you know, right now people are designing and building industrial grade yeah. machines like in their garage and i think you're kind of like a perfect thing like you go like your garage like it's it's not a big place but like i've got the a things, one car garage yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like the things that you're able to to do in that space are, are absolutely it's amazing incredible. It, it truly is i you know i i've always said that i 
I would not want to grow up in the Middle Ages. I'm not a, a reenactor. I, I don't long for long shanks, you know. <laughs> um, yes. I, I think we're, we're, we're living in such an amazing time, right, where, you know, sitting directly beside me is a, is a CNC machine that will, will carve anything you put in front of it, you know, accurate to a half a thousandth of an inch, you know, that even 20 years ago was unheard of. You know, yeah. that was that was maybe a million dollar machine that you had in a huge factory and you had to in, invest all this capital in and you had to have a knowledgeable staff to run it and manage it and everything else. And you can have access to that stuff today for pennies, you know, yeah. uh, essentially M machines pay for themselves so quickly. Um, I do a podcast with uh, Brian House and uh, Brian Cohn called the Work For It podcast. And Brian House is a perfect example of industrial-grade machines being built in a really small micro-manufacturing setting. You know, one day he, he set out to design a 2x72 belt grinder. He did it as a collaborative, almost open-source software-style project on YouTube. He takes feedback from anybody and everybody. He, you know, doesn't take anything personal. And he has produced kits and plans for folks to build this amazing machine you know out of his garage essentially he's got a bit bigger shop but i think we've gone through periods in our country's life where manufacturing was king you know growing up in in pennsylvania you still see the skeletons of it everywhere right you know yeah. pittsburgh is just littered with old steel mills and, yeah. and the men and women that worked in those mills, you know, wear it as a badge of honor and should. Sure. Um, but I think more recently, the, the, the drumbeat is that manufacturing's dead. And, and, and I, I keep touting the drum back saying it's not dead, it's changing. Yeah. Um, you know, certainly we may never be the powerhouse that we were for making, you know, $5 widgets. But maybe we don't want to be either, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, it takes uh, it takes a, a certain person to to accomplish these things. But like I said, man, I think manufacturing is happening in people's garages, and yeah. it's happening in small shops, and it's happening. Uh, you know, Chris from uh, A Glimpse Inside, I don't know if, if you follow him, but he's a perfect example, right? He came up with an idea for um, French cleat, storage system for a tool wall and yeah. the community responded everybody was interested he had unique designs and the guys basically got a manufacturing plant in his little shop in his backyard yeah. you know see that, uh, that's what i love man like is it, like it, it's yeah the opportunity is now like you can be an inventor and you don't necessarily have to outsource the production no. somewhere else like you can no. you can come up with the idea and you can make it yourself yeah i think that that's like that's where like that that change in manufacturing like you're right like you we don't want to be like the, the country where we're making it's like the race to the bottom to make like right. the lowest cost trinket you know yeah yeah but, but if if you can come up with a cool idea and make it yourself because the technology allows you to like that yeah. is like a really exciting future for manufacturing and we're seeing it too right um I, i've i've listened to and talked to jimmy deresta who has you know, more ideas uh, in an hour than I'll have in my lifetime, right? But, <laughs> yeah. you know, and and listening through some of his content, you know, seeing 
you know, early on, maybe a couple of years ago, the real struggle of, I have these ideas, I have money to produce these ideas, but I can't find anyone to manufacture them. To now, Jimmy saying, well, hold the phone. I'm going to manufacture them myself, you know, yeah. or I'm going to find another maker in the community that is set up to do this and they'll manufacture for me. Um, yep. it's, it's a reality. April Wilkerson is another example, right? Who just went out and bought like a half a dozen CNC machines and said, yeah. all right, here we go. <laughs> you know? It. Yeah, it, absolutely. Um, I, it, to me, it's so fascinating. And I, uh, you know, my, my father-in-law, uh, before he retired, ran a pretty sizable powdered metal plant back in Pennsylvania, which is a big hub for that industry. And, and he and I often talk about how, you know, manufacturing is a web and, and to have a powdered metal plant, for example, uh, you need uh, heat treaters and you need a tool and die facility and you need die setters and you need, uh, you know, all of these, you need skilled laborers and unskilled laborers. And it takes this whole big web. Uh, it's not just one powdered metal plant. It's five plants that complete the whole process, right? Well, Back then, when all of these started, it made so much practical sense to just co-locate all of this stuff. But as the world gets smaller and smaller, you know, who's to say you don't truck your parts to the next state to get them heat treated? And then from there, they go on to another place where it's more convenient to ship them. And uh, sure. so it, it's really cool. I, I, uh, I think we often fight technology and, uh, and, and I'm one of the first to do it but boy when you step back and look at the advancements that it's allowed for it it's almost frightening <laughs> it's amazing yeah I, I think we it's it's like we tend to fight it and i think also too it's like when it comes out we kind of overestimate like the speed at which it's gonna gonna change yeah. the game like like i think of like yeah, 3d right? printing right like 3d yeah. printing like a decade ago it was like okay this is gonna be like you're gonna be three 3d printing everything by 2020 like right. that hasn't exactly happened, but like the no. technology still itself, slow as hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you I mean, know. think about cell phones. Like so we forget, like cell yeah. phones were around in the '80s. They didn't really change right. the game until like 2010. Like it's gonna yeah. happen. It's just and, it, it'll and then, take a little bit longer. Yeah, it takes a bit longer for sure. And then you look at the plateaus, right? Um, mm -hmm. The iPhone's been around for what about 10 years, maybe 11 yeah. years or so. Um, and I would venture to say that in the past three, not much has changed with the yeah. iPhone, right? They've, yeah. they've even become circular in their design aesthetic, right? Where now we're seeing old designs show back up. Um, yep. That whole tech boom is a prime example. It was hot, heavy. Everybody was innovating and creating and pushing stuff out so fast that you would have said back then, my God, everything's going to change by tomorrow. Uh, right, but right. everything reaches a plateau, you know, that the CNC is a is a great example. The Festool Domino is another example that we see in woodworking all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. Three, four years ago, if I made a post on Instagram using a Festool Domino, everybody would say, well, yeah, that's great. But if I had all those fancy tools, you know, I could right. do that, too. Today, everybody and their brother has a Festool yeah. Domino. You know, it's yeah. it's a thousand eleven hundred dollar tool. Back then, oh my God, I can't afford that. Now it's like, yeah. man, it's just required yeah. required equipment. Yeah. You know, commonplace. Um, yeah, and and yeah. this I think the CNC very similar, right? The cost hasn't really decreased on the on the machines. Um, yeah. You know, hobby grade CNC machine is about the same price it is today as it was five years ago, realistically. Um, 
the technology's improved, the accuracy's improved, all of those things, and the acceptance, right? So I'm sure, you know, the, the first chainsaw that showed up on a, on a log landing probably got the hairiest eyeballs in the woods, you know? Yeah, right, right. Everybody that was holding a double-bit axe or, a, you know, a two-man saw went, get that thing out of here, it's going right. to kill somebody, you know? And yeah, yeah. <laughs> now it's like, shoot, you wouldn't yeah. go in the woods without one. Without one, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's really interesting how how that works. And and I think you you'll see those bursts of advancements followed by acceptance and and that's yep. to me where that real magic is, where it becomes so commonplace. There will yeah. probably be a day where a repairman comes out to a farm field and and 3D prints a new part for your John Deere. You know, that's coming. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, and you think about that, it's like you're like a, a situation right now where, you know, supply chains are so yeah. constrained. Like imagine, how nice man. would that be? Yeah, yeah, just to be able to, to, to print that for yeah, sure. Yeah, well, I think, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I, uh, I want to hear about kind of what you have going on with, uh, with Butler built too. Like yeah. what, uh, kind of what, what is kind of the, uh, the vision for the, the business and kind of what have you been, been up to lately? Yeah. The, I think the, my overall vision is, um, I, I, I feel like all of us as makers oftentimes underestimate the things that we do and the impact that, that it can have. I, I know I certainly do that. And so my overall goal, at least with the, quote retail if you will or the 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 widgets i produce is to produce tools and materials and uh products that can help other makers you know whether that's aprons or jigs or plans or uh you know in the future i'd envision a, a resource that you could go to for help with a project or to pick up some unique products or something like that um sort of dovetailing with that uh, is the whole content arena. Um, I at one time would probably say that I ventured to try to be a content creator and then sort of fell into becoming a content creator and, uh, but you know, never, uh, never consistent enough to really, uh, follow that through. But, um, I, I am working right now with ShopBot and uh, with my CNC here in the shop and producing a video series called CNC in 3, which is uh, an attempt to produce short-form CNC content. Because I think so much of what I've watched is an hour long to get the answer to one simple thing. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, but as you know, like creating a shorter video is often more difficult than a longer video. So I'm still perfecting the, the boil, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what what is uh, I think it was Emerson maybe that said he wrote a letter to somebody and he, and he basically said it, it would have been a hell of a lot shorter, but I ran out of time. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. You know? Yeah. I, I think that that's like a, a, just a truth in life. Like simplicity yeah. is so hard to achieve. It's easy just Man. to, to ramp, you know, bolt things on and make them complex, yeah. but to really yeah. get like a streamlined. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, how, how, how have you enjoyed like kind of like the um you know like the side like working with with brands has that been a kind of a cool experience or, or it has honestly i've been incredibly fortunate um when i started on instagram you know uh, as practically everyone knows now instagram and social media is a completely different arena now than it was hell five minutes ago but but five years ago 
much, much different animal. Um, you know, back then, if you posted every day and you commented on, the, on other people's posts, then you, you were kind of guaranteed a seat at the table. Uh, today, it's a much different game. Early on, I started reaching out to brands on my own and, and just saying, hey, you know, I'd like to work together. And so I've gotten to work with quite a few different brands, to be honest, and, and all of them different, which is what's kind of neat. And I think in that experience, um, some of the more, most positive experiences I've had are when it becomes a collaboration. And, and so that's what I really enjoy. You know, like the whole thing that, that we did where you came up to the shop and we keep yeah. in touch and that yeah. stuff to me, the relationship that you build there is so critically important to yeah. uh, belief in the product, to uh, creating good content, you know, all of those things. I've had folks just send you tools with no strings at all and you go, well, that's, yeah, okay, I'll make a post and that'll be it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's... It's been a really, really neat when I step back and look at like, holy cow, I, I worked with them or I worked with this this group or that group. And um, I think that to me, breaking those barriers, social media, being able to break those barriers is so unique to making. I, I don't feel like you see it in any other industry, right? It's yeah. Yeah. We are so connected to the brands that we use. Um, not just because we believe in the performance of their product, but because we, a lot of us know them, you know, yeah. which yeah. is crazy. Yeah. You can't ask a, a makeup content creator, you know, who the, who their favorite person is at L'Oreal, you know? Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> like, they, have, they have no idea. It's like, like, yeah, like, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, one of the things that I, that I love most about kind of what you're doing and just kind of the, the general direction of the, the industry is it, maybe, and I don't know if this is the right term or not, but, you know, it seems like marketing uh, kind of in the, the trades maybe for a while was, uh, maybe you could say like a little bit, dated or just a little yeah. bit flat it wasn't wasn't sure. super interesting and i think like the stuff that's going on with with content creators like yourself now uh you know if it, we're in a situation where kids i think for a long time have thought like i have to go to college i have to take on six figures right. of student loan debt and then i have to go get a job like at an office somewhere where i just sit and type yeah. on a computer and it's like Amen. here you're creating content putting it out on a platform that shows them like hey there are cool things that you can do yeah with your life like if you're yep. not necessarily like drawn to that like more like corporate right. lifestyle like there's things you can do be active build things with your hands like yeah. yeah you know the days of um the days of working at the mine and living in the company home and buying from the company store and you know having all of your health care and everything coming from a sole entity uh they're fading I yeah. think, and, and that's a hard paradigm for some of the older guard, I think, to realize and recognize. Um, I think if you talk to anyone today under 30 years old, what they know about earning a living, they're going to tell you that you need to have at least six streams of income. You know, it's just kind of the right. way it works now. Yeah. Um, whereas even even a couple of years ago, that was really unique to content creating, right? We would hear that all the time, like diversify, don't put all your eggs in the YouTube basket or the Instagram basket or, yeah. you know, get Amazon affiliate links going and get all, you know, all this whole pile of stuff from the outside looking in. It's daunting as hell, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I know that that was always a barrier of mine uh, was 
looking at it and saying, I don't, but I don't understand all of these things. Well, it's okay to not understand all of those things. Um, and, and to just try them. And I think that's, what's kind of neat about the space. Uh, the same can be said about the content that's created around all of this stuff too. You know, the best, I think the best endorsement I can give a product or a tool or whatever is if you see it show up in my content regularly, you know, I, I don't even have to say anything about it. Um, which it, to me is always a, a for other content creators. I, that's a, I, make that point to the folks you're working with. You know, I think it's important that folks realize that, um, you, you can send me a, a hammer and if all I use is, uh, you know, if all I use are nail guns, your hammer is right. never going to show up in my content. <laughs> you know, right, right, um, right. I was yeah. working with a brand and they wanted to send me a big pocket hole machine, uh, for like a cabinet shop. And I said, it's not, it's not going to, sh- I'll make a video. I'll do a review. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. But, that's the only time you're ever going to see it. So they sent yep. me a jointer instead. And guess what? That shows up once a month. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah it's, it's, you know, there's, there's no substitute for authenticity, right? Like no. You, you and have that's, to, to be yourself. Yeah. That's that. I think that's probably the biggest thing that I've always focused on and uh, be yourself and, um, don't pretend to know something you may not, you know? And I, I'm the first to say, hey, I'm giving this a try. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Watch <laughs> it, learn from it, but you're going to learn with me. In fact, that's something. Um, so I spend a lot of time out in my shop. <laughs> my mom always used to call it uh, sheckering, <laughs> which is such a funny <laughs> word, like putzing around, you know, and she she would always say, like, you're just the king of all sheckerers. <laughs> so I spent so much time almost uh, somebody made the comparison the other day. They said it's, you know, Adam Savage with his tested YouTube channel is more or less just that. I don't think he puts a whole lot of thought into the thing he's going to build until he turns the camera on, <laughs> you know? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And that's like, that's my element. I, that's, I, I would love to come out to my shop and say, there's a problem. I'm going to solve it. It might take me all day, uh, but I never once think in my head, uh, that's going to eat up your whole day. Hell no, I just start doing it. So yeah, I'm going to yeah. try to focus on maybe just producing some content like that. That's just longer form, you know, hang out in the shop with me for a day. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think too, like there's, there's so much like polished content out there, like content yeah. that like they make it look like it's just like, Oh, I just snap my fingers and this thing yeah. goes into here and we're done. Like show like the, there, there's a struggle. And I think that there's, you know, yep. uh, people need to see that. And I think it inspires them. It's like, it's okay. If you make a mistake, it's okay. If you it need is, to take a yeah. few minutes to figure something out, you know? Yeah. yeah and, and you're, right there are so many of us uh or maybe so few of us that were photographers or videographers before we started all of this stuff right and um we found community through social media you know a bunch of uh uh, a bunch of loners that like to hang out in their garage uh escape their wife or whatever it is you know found this really eclectic community together where uh, we don't have to look each other in the eye and, you know, we don't have to leave our <laughs> workshop. Um, so we're not often, uh, you know, the perfect politician, you know, all polished and pretty. Uh, and I think that type of content is enjoyable to, I love it. I enjoy watching it, but, and it's also realistic to produce. And, yeah. and I think that's, I've hit that, I've hit that ceiling so many times 
uh, in the past five years where I've gone, but I don't know jack all about lighting and I don't know anything about sound and I don't know anything, you know, now I could spend a year and learn all that, but then I'm going to be a year behind. So how do I, you know, I've always looked for like, how do I come out, turn the camera on, Mm -hmm. shoot video, turn the camera off, open it up on the computer, spend five minutes and post it. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. what I've always loved about Instagram. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can guarantee there's right now there is a video of a cat on the internet that has yeah. gotten more views than Brilliant. every video I've ever made in my life yep. combined. Like it's, it's right. not about the production quality, right? Like it's about the story yeah. and, and the content. So. It is. And we can overthink it a lot. And I think yeah. so. That, that's, uh, I'm trying not to overthink but that leads you to overthinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, easier said than done, right? Yeah. Well, man, this has been like absolutely fantastic. I, I can't yeah. believe we're, we're already like a 30, 30 I know, minutes. Into time. Time. <laughs> Podcasts are like this weird time warp, aren't they? That yeah. Like, you just you blink look up and you're like, like, whoa. Yeah. Well, man, I, I always like to kind of end um, with with this question, and I think you're the, the perfect, uh, perfect guy to ask it to. But um, it, you've had a lot of success in a lot of aspects of your life over the years. Is there something that you've learned or a piece of advice that kind of you could impart uh, on maybe somebody who's kind of just starting out uh, in the industry? Yeah. I think don't underestimate yourself. You know, it's easy to, it's easy to look around and compare yourself to what you see on social media or, or in the community or wherever. Um, there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of better woodworkers and better makers in the world than the people that you see with a million views or, or a million followers on the internet. You know, and uh, I think, un, you know, if, if you continue to underestimate yourself, then you're never, never going to reach that full potential. You know, and so I think with enough hard work and and realistic expectations, there's. There's literally nothing in the world you can't do. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. the world's your oyster. Yeah. Like you said, man, it is absolutely the best time to be yeah, alive. Best time be... in the world in, in history to be history. alive, right? It, yeah, it's, yeah. The only better time will be tomorrow. <laughs> you know? yeah, I love that outlook, man. I, I yeah. love it. Well, well, hey, let everybody know uh, best place to get in touch with you and uh, and see your work. Yeah, probably Instagram. It's just, as you said earlier, butlerbuilt.us. That is pretty much the the handle everywhere. That's my domain name. Uh, made that my YouTube channel name as well. And uh, yeah, Instagram, YouTube, and the website are pretty much the three places, butlerbuilt.us. Sweet man. Well, hey, let's uh, let's do this again in like like six months. See how things are uh, are going. Yeah, for you. that sounds great. Awesome. Looking forward to it wow. already. <laughs> awesome man. Well, thank you again for uh, for coming on. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Oh, of course, man. Of course, man. Yeah. It was a pleasure. Uh, and thanks to everybody out there for uh, for listening. Also, please be sure to follow sawblade.com on all the socials and be sure to mm-hmm. like, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. really helps us out and you'll be able to stay up to date with all the future episodes. Uh, until next time, thanks again for listening and we'll see ya.